Hello and welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by my husband and co-host, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. You know, when I was writing these show notes earlier this week, I was thinking about it. I wanted to share again the heart behind why we're doing this. Because we are far from having it altogether, knowing <laughs> lots of things. We know some things and we've tried things that have failed. We've tried things that have worked. Mm-hmm. And the things that have worked and helped us or the things we've done that we failed on, we want to share because we have found in our own lives that when we have people around us that can help bring us to a higher level, we want those people in our lives. And if there's anything good in us or good that's happened in our lives, we want to share it with other people. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. No. We don't want other people to have to reinvent the wheel. So we're just on this journey and we want to help you and walk with you, even though we may not see you face to face. We want to use this podcast platform to do what we can to help families in the so many incredible ways we have been helped ourselves by other podcasts, by other people in our lives, mentors. So I just wanted to revisit that and share the heart of this podcast with you before we go any further. That's good. It's kind of like the focus podcast that I do with David Sparks. He talks about how we aren't these productivity gurus who have it all together. And the people who listen to it, you know, we're all on this journey together and we are essentially fellow travelers. Yes. And that's kind of the same deal here. Uh, Although I would encourage everybody, you know, you don't have to find uh, a sage, you know, you don't have to find somebody who has it all figured out. I, I, I think probably those people are few and far between if they exist at all. Yeah. Uh, but the best thing that you can do is learn from your own mistakes and then teach what you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what we're trying to do here is teach what we know and we are going to continue to learn and grow through the process too. So Yes. And every truly authentic message you hear anywhere, whether that's just a speech you hear somewhere or a sermon or whatever it is from a teacher, the best ones, the best way to really get the message from the speaker is when they've walked it themselves, when it's Mm -hmm. authentic, it is their own revelation, it's their own walk, it's their own path. And that's why we're here today. Yeah. And then the other thing I think is that, you know, we're, we're sharing what we know, but also we're passionate about what we're sharing. Yes. <laughs> this is a very important topic to us. We want to help people build the best family life that they can. Mm-hmm. And if we are able to help people in even a small way, then it is totally worth it. Yes. I just gave a speech for Toastmasters last week, and I am so passionate about this topic and about families and about marriages and mothering and all of this that my planned seven to eight minute speech was 10 and a half minutes (laughs) because I just got so into speaking that I didn't keep track of time at all. I didn't look for the cues on my my, uh, green light or yellow or red. I, it's just so strong. The messages are so strong in my heart mm-hmm. that I just want to help people. I want to help families. Yep, totally. So moving on to today, episode 31, we are doing micro adjustments today. It's a continuation of episode 16. If you had listened to that one, you can always go back, which were some tips 
for families, some tweaks. And today I wanted to name it micro adjustments because it's the word tips is just very much overused. It's really micro adjustments. It's little things that we can look at adjusting to improve different parts of our life. Yeah, it's a it's a good term. You know, in the productivity space, they have this term life hack, Ugh. which drives me nuts. Uh, I think maybe I'm going to start using micro adjustments instead. You like that? <laughs> I know, because that's what it is. It's yep. it's just these little adjustments, even like a little one percent difference. But it's a compound effect, mm-hmm. and it really makes a big difference because we can't do it overhaul. Yep, it is just little changes here and there. So we have a uh, quite a bit of things here that we want to share with you today. And starting off, this is very fresh for me because we just rejoined our gym membership, which I'm very (laughs) excited about because left to my own devices, I don't work very hard when I do my workouts at home. But when I get in a class setting, this is just how I operate. Not everyone's like this. I work so much harder. And the first one is prioritize me time. Now that sounds really selfish and that can be really hard for parents, especially moms. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I have to take care of these kids. I take care of my husband. I got to take care of my job. I got to take care of everyone else. But it's like when you get on an airplane and they tell you, put on your oxygen mask before you try and put it on your kid in the event Mm -hmm. that the air pressure would drop. And it's counterintuitive because as a parent, you're like, no, I got to save my kid. Well, you can't save your kid if you're Passed out Passed on the floor. Out. Here, yeah. <laughs> so that's what prioritized me time. Um, for me, it's really important that I wake up before the kids because I need my morning routine of praying and Bible reading. I need that space. And sometimes I even have time to get a few things done, to do some writing. And then the new one lately for me has been doing my classes at the gym. I've gone every weekday since we rejoined for two weeks now, trying all these different classes I've always wanted to try. Thank you. I love it. It is so refreshing for me. I am energized by being around people and I work really hard in a class setting. Mm -hmm. And that's been really, really great for me. This is a real important one. Uh, I want to Go back and touch on something you said, though, because you said, especially for moms, uh, I think this is just as difficult for dads, maybe a little bit different. If your roles are, are reversed, you know, swap them in and out. But I have definitely felt this myself because there is pressure when you are working that when you come home, now it is expected that you are going to spend time with your significant other, spend time with the kids, do stuff around the house, help out with church or ministry. I mean, there are a a long list of demands for your time after you've put in your full-time work effort. (laughs) So this very quickly can add up and compound to the point where you're just burned out and overwhelmed. And I have been there myself before if you are not careful to prioritize me time. So it manifests different ways depending on your role, but no matter what what it looks like, this is very important for everyone. Uh, I think one of the things that's helped me with this is the personal retreats that I do, which yeah. as I'm saying that now, I need to do one because it's been a little while. Yeah. It's due. It's due. Yeah, p- part of prioritizing me time is it's really important that we try to stick to a regular bedtime routine for the kids. 
Now we kind of stagger their bedtimes because of their varying ages from three to 13 in our house with the five children. Mm-hmm. So their bedtimes are staggered, but it is important that all of them are in bed by a certain time so that we at least have like an hour or so with just the two of us before we have to, we just fall out crashed, exhausted mm-hmm. <laughs> at night. So that is a big, huge part is you you heard the morning routine, you heard the bedtime routine. Sleep is a big, huge, important topic on prioritizing me time. Yep, yep. So the next one would be over-communicate. Oh my goodness, this is one I think we'll work on until the day we die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We have not communicated something if we've just said it. Mm -hmm. We may think we did. Well, I told you that. How many times have we said that, right? Well, I told you. Well... Doesn't matter. If we can't recall it, then it wasn't truly communicated. And especially in a marriage, it is vital. It is is crucial. We learn this over and over the hard way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ed Cole, the author of the men's curriculum that we go through at our church, he has a saying in one of his books that communication is the basis of life. Mm -hmm. So if there is no communication, there is no life. In your ministry, in your marriage, Mm -hmm. in your relationship with your kids. This another verse uh, talks about how where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Yes. Uh, They they run wild. Mm -hmm. I think that especially applies to (laughs) to kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You need to cast a vision. And the only way that you cast a vision effectively is to communicate it. Mm -hmm. And that is not, like you said, just stating it. It's making sure that the message that you are sending is being received. Yes. And as a parent, that is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, well, I told you, clean up your room, put your toys away. If you're really casting effective vision, You've shown your kids exactly what a clean room looks like and yep. where the toys go. Yep. And you're following through and putting mm-hmm. away your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they say mom and dad say to do this, but they're hypocrites because their room is a disaster. Right. But if you keep your own things tidy, it gives you that much more leverage to s- and show the example that this is what it looks like. Well, do you see our mom and dad's room a total disaster like this and they're like no we don't (laughs) and yeah that's true children need clear consistent communication and our pastor likes to reference this a lot too that if mom and dad if you have not showed them where the toy chest is or where things belong then you can't get down on them for not cleaning up because you've not actually communicated and taught them how to do it and where it goes yep repetition is really important and Mm -hmm. i personally in communicating, when we've talked about things, I have to write it down right away. Yeah. Or if someone says, what about this? I'll be like, okay, can you just give me a second and write that? I got to write that down. <laughs> Short pencil is better than a long memory. Yep, it's true. The next one here is it only takes a moment to make a moment. And what we mean by that is to be aware and watching for teachable moments. Teachable moments is a phrase my mom has always said, and it's kind of one of the things we would like roll our eyes at as kids, like, oh, teachable moment. But it's very, very true. It's It, it, it requires being involved and truly listening and engaged with what's going on around you. And I have been very guilty of being so entrenched in what I'm doing that I do miss these moments. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give you an example. Toby, our oldest, is very much a perfectionist. And when I started off with school with him at a very young age, he was only about five, he would get very frustrated because he couldn't do it perfectly the first time. 
And I'm looking at it, I'm going, you're five, you're little, like, I don't expect you to get it. That's Mm -hmm. why we're in school. And all of a sudden, it was like this moment, this phrase came to me, tell him that school is just practice. And he had Mm -hmm. just started piano, too, so it was perfect, because I could say, when your teacher gave you this song, could you play it right away? Well, no. And like, did you have to practice it a lot? Yeah. Did you know school's just practice? And his eyes got as big as saucers. <laughs> and he goes, oh. And I've been able to reference that over the years. And he's 13 and had to learn Latin this year. And we made it through without any frustration. Well, really bad frustration. Because school's just practice. And that was a teachable moment. Yeah. Another example of a teachable moment, I think, a really important one, is the sex talk. Yes. So yes. <laughs> I won't share my whole story. I didn't really have a <laughs> a talk, <laughs> but we knew we wanted to have those conversations with our kids because we wanted to be the ones who define this for them and not let them find it out from neighbor kids or whatever or the internet or school or whatever yep so uh the general principle here is that you've got to be ready to talk about things whenever your kids are ready to talk about them and so there have been a couple points where toby would ask a question after the littles were in bed and then we would talk about things which Mm -hmm. led to more questions and we would talk about things and you Mm -hmm. can tell he's kind of embarrassed but he's still engaging with us about it and and we're able to communicate effectively like this is what it is and it wasn't just one conversation where we're going to tell you everything Mm -hmm. it it's been a couple different conversations and it's actually been kind of good because joshua's been in the room yeah too so mm-hmm. he's not the primary one who's asking the the questions but he's hearing all of this and we're yep. kind of normalizing this yep and if we had taken the approach of i am going to prepare for this and i'm going to just download all of this stuff because it is my parental duty at a specific time no at that point yeah. they're going to be turned off to it yep you have to respond when their antennas are up. Yep. And answer that's the a, questions. That's the that's a teachable moment. Yep. And that's really important. We cannot as parents be scared to answer the questions. Even if we grow up really awkward, not able to ask questions, we need to change that mindset. Because mm-hmm. children's curiosity is a huge advantage. They are curious because they want to learn. They don't know what something is, and they ask questions. And I think as adults, our curiosity is squelched because our questions aren't answered a lot of times by teachers or by those around us. But as parents, we can really peak that continual questioning, which is very valuable to learning. And like you said, the word normalize because you said the sex talk that's the big that's like the big stereotypical like that's so awkward it's always awkward why does it have to be awkward and so we need to rise up as leaders in our homes and be ready to talk about anything it's awkward because usually when the kid is curious about it we shush it 
Like, yep. oh, let's not talk about that right now. Yep. And then when we try to bring it up later, and then they it's feel, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but when they're asking the question, they want to know the answer. And that's the best time to answer the question. Yep. You can't be too busy and miss those moments. Yep. All right. Next here is seek wise counsel. Because we mentioned, I mentioned this in the kind of in the beginning, in the intro, that we don't want to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Things have been figured out by someone else in a better way. So we want to find out. So uh, we all have people in our life that have gone farther than us, that have more experiences than us. And let's identify those people and ask them questions. There's incredible experience parents in my own life that I've gone to and asked questions about behavioral things or different things that have come up or about marriage. That's often been our pastors, our pastor's wife or other um people that are older than us or have have gone farther than us. People that we admire. Books are another great place to go for this, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The right books. We have a whole episode about that. Yep. <laughs> um, a really great book that I recommend, a really easy read, but really powerful, is called Fearless Parenting by Sarah Blunt. She tells her story about her, her son and putting him in school and different things they've had to learn along the way. And I just love her revelation on parenting. Really, really powerful. Pretty much any Dr. Dobson resource is really great. You can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dare, to, Dare to Discipline, Bringing Up Boys, Bringing Up Girls, Strong-Willed Child. Those are just four of many. But he is an excellent voice on the topic. Yeah, and, and I would add to this list your spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone should have someone like a pastor who can speak into their life. Yes. We personally believe that you don't really choose your spiritual leaders. You get placed in the right place and they are anointed for your life and they can see things and say things that you can't see. Uh, and you have to humble yourself in order to receive the the full gift that's available to you. But time and time again, our pastors have been able to speak into our lives because we've been, we've given them a platform. Yep. And every time that they do, it's good. It causes us mm-hmm. to make micro adjustments to see things differently. And usually it's to avoid making some big mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that they're telling us you can't do this, but they just, they don't even uh, couch it that way. It's not like they are directing us. They are just showing us things and they're letting us make our own decisions just like a good parent will. But they are able to see things that we cannot see. Blind and it's spots. not just because they're smarter or mm-hmm. they have more experience. Really do believe that they are placed in our life for a purpose, but yep. we're not able to benefit from that gift like we should be able to unless we submit ourselves uh, submission is not a, a bad word. No, Surrender not. is not a, a bad word. So, uh, yeah, definitely have people who can speak into your life and then uh, be smart enough to shut up and listen when they talk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and not to say I know or yep. that type of stuff. Yeah, we went, we have actually been at our church for 15 years now, and we... It's an interesting story where it's not necessarily the place that we were looking for or that we were seeking out a place, but it was all these different things that happened. And we believe that 
they were provided in our life for a reason. And I can't even tell you the amount of times where we have talked through things. And it's like when you have tunnel vision in a situation or whatever your emotions or what you're going through, your own struggle, and they're able to look at it from a different perspective and say something. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, that makes so much sense. Like I didn't even see it that way. Mm-hmm. So having those people in your life is so, so crucial. Yeah. The TLDR of that, by the way, is that I said at one point, that is the last church that I will ever set foot in. <laughs> and this is where we are. <laughs> yeah. And that goes to show that God knows way more than us. Mm-hmm. And I am so thankful for that. <laughs> yep. Next on the list is one-on-one time. Now this has kind of transitioned over the years, but this started off with my husband having a one-on-one time with each child trading off each week where he would take them to a coffee shop. They would bring a game and they would talk just to cultivate a relationship with them. We love creating these times where we can spend individual time with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what inspired the origination of this, but it has kind of transitioned to something else. But did you want to share a little bit on that? Sure. Um, The inspiration for this, I'm not quite sure where this came from other than we talked about our Schmitz family, like the the relationship we want to have with our kids and what were Mm -hmm. the habits and routines we wanted to wanted to do that would create that that platform. I think for me, I knew that it would be easy for me to just get focused on my work and then the individual time would be hard to find. And so we tried to build a system where we could, I could do that regularly. Uh, That changed when COVID hit, although with things where they are right now, we could probably start transitioning back into this uh, as we were doing it originally, although we still do different versions of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that you have on the list here is man school, which is something we do on Wednesday afternoons uh, before church where we have this, what is a man of God curriculum that we go through and uh, we read the verses together and uh, we talk about it in a in a way that's appropriate for the younger ones. Mm-hmm. We all talk about what um, we got out of it. You know, give some examples how we can apply what we we learned. Uh, but it's not the true one on one stuff. Uh, I do try to do this throughout the day. We've also talked about this in previous episodes, so I won't spend too much time here. But I've got the basketball hoop in the back, so. We'll go shoot hoops when I need a little break or we got a ping pong table. We got a foosball table. So lots of like little games that we play. I'm actually getting a trophy made with a foosball guy on top of it uh, because Toby and I tend to play foosball a lot. He's getting pretty good. And kind of the running joke is whoever wins, they're the king of the knobs. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be like a little traveling trophy. Yeah, except that it'll always stay here. So. Just something um, fun. Yeah, so those little things, uh, playing stuff with Malachi specifically, I can tell he's the, the youngest of the, the four boys. So being the youngest, he uh, will kind of cry out for attention. But 
if it's not done in the right way, what ends up happening is he gets negative attention yeah. and discipline, which is not, you know, what he needs. Yeah. So just trying to prioritize, like, yep. I can tell when he's like, hey, dad, let's do this. You know, yeah. and I'm like, hey, yeah, I need to take a little break and do yeah, that. Yeah, we try and both do that, like, uh, make time to spend with him that's positive. And mm-hmm. what that does is it almost cuts completely out the negative discipline that needs to be done with him because he's getting the love and attention that he needs. Because some children just need more attention than others. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's True. nothing wrong with them for that. We just just knowing each one and what they need is really important. This one I really like. More is caught than taught. <laughs> that really goes along the lines of some of the things we've been talking about already. But being genuine, being the person that you want your children to be is crucial. Because we can say something, but unless we're living that way, the message is very weak. Mm-hmm. Um, children are so discerning. They're very, very perceptive. They see our character. Mm-hmm. They see, they can cut straight through our words and really hear what's really happening, yep. whether yep. we're authentic or not. It's true. I've tried to be very careful of uh, following through when I say I'm going to do something. Yes. Uh, it's very important that you don't make promises that you can't keep, yeah. even if you have the best intentions of doing it. If you if you don't follow through on what you said you're going to do, your kid is still going to view that as mom or dad broke their promise. Yeah, and the end result of that is that they learn not to to trust you when you yeah. say stuff. We have family members close to us who have been saying, "Hey, you guys should come." sleep over for years and it's never, never happened, happened because it, they say it in the moment, but they don't really intend to follow through yep. with it. And we've had to kind of course correct that a little bit because kids have asked like, well, why do they say that? And they never do it. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately they've kind of learned to just not take them very seriously yeah. in what they say. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the end result. It's yeah. Your words lose their, their meaning. Yep. And no one's going to be perfect. We're not going to be able to follow through on everything we ever say. But we need to try to to be, choose our words carefully, mm-hmm. to choose what we commit to carefully so we can follow through and be consistent. And be humble enough to admit that you're wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. apologize to your kids. <laughs> I know we said we were going to do this, but this stuff happened today and it just didn't work out. And then doing your best to the next opportunity to make it happen. Yeah, but I'm, that happens. I'm, I'm thinking even more of like you lose your temper and you oh, know yeah. you shouldn't have. Yelling apologize, at the kids. Oh, yeah, gosh. I apologize. apologize to your kids <laughs> and show them that you're not perfect because they know that you're not perfect. Yep. Uh, and be willing to admit your mistakes and ask for their forgiveness. It'll be that much, yeah. Makes them feel very important. Yeah, it'll, and it, will give them the example and make it easier for them to learn how to apologize correctly when mm-hmm. mom and dad do it. Yep. Also, did you realize, you probably know this already, but in the car, you have a captive audience. <laughs> yep. Everyone's buckled in, looking straight ahead. We don't really let our kids read in the car much because there has been times where they have gotten car sick. Mm-hmm. So we try to avoid that. But the car is an incredible place to have great conversations. Yep. There's minimal distractions and, you know, 
everyone's less guarded and looking forward in the vehicle usually. And we have had some really, really great conversations in the car. Mm -hmm. You even have a, what's it called? Discipleship on the go sort of thing, which is kind of intended to be Mm -hmm. for in the car. So Yeah, that's actually by Sarah Blunt, who uh, is the author of the Fearless Parenting book. She has this resource called um, Discipleship on the Go. And what it does is it has a certain number of cards in it, and it's meant, it's focused on the school year. So Mm -hmm. each week you focus on one card and they're really, really great. They're short and they have questions like reflective questions you can ask the kids. So what I would do is I would read it first before pulling out of the driveway and then I would talk to him about it. Or if you have an older child like I do, he'll read it for me while I'm driving and we'll talk about it. So those have been really good. Yep. Oh, this one I love. Trust your instincts. As a parent, I firmly believe that there is a part of us that we know what the right thing is for our child in our life at any given moment. There are times in when I was uh, at the end of pregnancies and labor and delivery type things or procedures for the kids or times I should call the doctor where I knew on the inside that I need to do this or I need to tell the doctor this is my preference, this is what I want to see happen or let's check for this. On Those instincts on the inside, and it's hard to explain, but those are have always been right. Mm-hmm. And when I haven't followed those instincts, um, I have regretted it. Yeah. Mother's intuition. <laughs> it's really powerful. And that's one of the things I always tell new moms that are pregnant that ask me, like, what are your top things that you would say, um, your top bits of wisdom? And that's one of them I always say is trust your instinct. All right. We have chores and delegation here. We have been teaching our children to clean up after their meals, clear their own dishes, and put them in the dishwasher. We try to make sure the dishwasher is clear and empty before meals. It doesn't always happen, but we try. They will take turns helping unload the dishes. They will help wash the table after the meal and clear the table so it's not just left for me to do everything. They have also, I've been training them how to clean the house over the years, Mm -hmm. and we for a long time have had a routine of weekly cleaning and that's how they earn money. The older guys, um, they each get a bathroom that they deep clean and one of the younger boys vacuums and he's, he does a really good job. And my youngest son kind of follows me around and we do stuff together because he, you know, he's little yet and learning, but even Adelaide, our youngest three-year-old, she likes getting a water spray bottle and one of our, my Norwex claws, and she'll wipe walls or whatever she can get her hands on with that spray bottle and the cloth. But nice. that's been really helpful because then I'm not stuck with cleaning the house every week for hours, and we all just kind of split it up, and it only takes an hour to clean the whole house. Yeah, this is, if you do it as you go, then it never piles up, Yep, and it's never overwhelming. Mm-hmm. We've taken the same approach with our dog because <laughs> we have a golden doodle. Yep which is actually a pretty huge golden doodle. She was supposed to be like 45 pounds. She's probably more like 65 pounds. Maybe 70. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's big. Uh, and so when we take her outside, we clean up immediately Yep. because we don't want these giant bombs in the yard. <laughs> and then someone have to do a big overhaul to our 
yard cleanup and then the kids are playing outside and stepping in it and then yes. if they get in the house yes. exactly <sighs> and this was not that difficult to nope. figure out we just got one of those things that has the the poop bags on the the leash when we bring yep. her out in the front so we yard have them yep and it takes an extra 30 seconds yep and you just clean it up. You throw it in the the trash in the garage. In the garage, mm-hmm. and then you never have to worry about the yard being a mess. It's great. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine everybody running around our yard oh. all the time? If we weren't no. cleaning that stuff up, it no. would just be a disaster. So another thing, along with chores and delegation, is I have lately. I think the last two months or so, I have a nightly reminder that goes off on my phone 6 p.m toy cleanup we just (laughs) do a clean sweep of the house clear the clutter clean up the toys if your room's not tidy clean it up and what that does is if we have somewhere to go at night or if we want to do a little movie night or a game night as a family it's already cleaned up because we can have a fun thing and then we Mm -hmm. can just go to bed and not have to worry about it yep that's so helpful (laughs) right well we are loving these micro adjustments. We are like guinea pigs. We're always testing things mm-hmm. as a family. We're always trying new things, um, being inspired by other things we read or listen to, people we hear, things they've tried. So we hope that you were inspired today. And one of these little adjustments is something you want to try, maybe something for your family. Hopefully you'll start experimenting on yourself too and continually learning and growing. Thanks for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.